Uh, hey, patrons, it's Scoots. Uh, just a little switch in this week's release schedule. Sorry about this. Uh, uh, but one of our editors is moving. Uh, so we're going to have a Sunday episode tonight and a Thursday episode on Sunday. And uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. Make sure, um, I hope you have access to the RS Patreon, Patreon RSS. And uh, uh, make sure, if you have a chance, to check out those episodes on Spoke. They're pretty sweet. Uh, you can download that app on uh um, in your app store uh, thank you so much for the show and uh, thank you so much for supporting the show and uh, let's get on with the show uh, hey are you up all night tossing turning mind racing trouble getting to sleep trouble staying asleep well welcome this is sleep with me the podcast that puts you to sleep we do it's a bedtime story all you need to do is get in bed not the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to try to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, you know, things, whatever's keeping you awake. Like it could be mind, body, past, present, future, travel, uh, whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to distract you from that. I'm going to create a safe place here. I think maybe I already said that. I always get mixed up in these intros. My brain my brain kind of folds in on itself a little bit. Uh, people talk about folding. I don't, I don't know. But I'm going to try to create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake. If it's any of that stuff, the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders... It's a slow, like, uh, filler words. I'll be using, I'll be folding in the filler words. Believe it or not, I'll be using spiller words and chiller words. Also words, words that rhyme. No, but like spiller words, uh, like I, I stumble over my words as they spill out of my mouth. Uh, so spiller words, chiller words are like, hey, glad you're here. You can chill because this is a safe place made just for you. If you're new here, welcome. So those are chiller words that are spilling out of my mouth. Uh, and that uh, was a collection of filler words. Um, yeah, you know. Anyway, I'm glad, I am glad you're here. If you're new, here's the structure of the show. First six minutes are business. Kind of required on a sleep podcast to do that up front. Uh, if you're a regular listener, really essential if you're hearing this uh when your hand hits the fridge tomorrow, say, well, geez, so like, uh, do, like, uh, maybe I go, should go to sleep with me podcast.com or, uh, how, how do I support sleep with me? But if you're new, not that important. So that's the first six minutes. Then we have an intro. Usually the intro is around 12 minutes of me trying to explain the podcast using a misguided metaphor, filler words, chiller words, and spiller words. And, you know, I might as well just say it if I was, you know, I'd be triller words, uh, maybe with the DZ, but maybe that's too on the nose. I'd just be tr- triller words. I think if I was triller words, it'd probably disqualify me from dating Trillian from Hitchhiker's Guide because it'd probably be like, she'd be like, oh, no, you're more of a brother like figure to me, especially since you're triller words. Uh, what well, you know? What am I going to do? That's the story. Anyway, oh, if you're new here, sorry, we're already going off on a few senseless tangents. Uh, so there's the intro. Oh, I guess I was exa- show the intro kind of explains what the podcast is by by uh, mis 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 explaining it. Uh, 
you kind of see, oh, well, he does have words spilling out of his mouth. Uh, word puddles, we do have those here. Don't have any word sponges, but believe me, this is a podcast. You don't got to worry about cleaning up after me. And just because it's a podcast doesn't mean you really have to listen to it. You can kind of barely listen to this one. It's a podcast to take your mind off stuff, to keep you company, and to put you asleep. So it's supposed to just to distract you, like kind of engage you. And you could stop listening whenever you want. It's also a podcast to, to be here while you fall asleep. I say it's a podcast to put you to sleep because that's what makes most sense. But really, I'll just be here while you fall asleep. I'll keep you company in the deep, dark night. I'll be here for at least an hour. So you don't got to worry about falling asleep. There's no pressure. That's what the chiller words are here to uh, to convey, is you can chill the whole time. I'll be here till the end. There'll be after the podcast, we'll be talking about Star Trek Next Generation for about 40, 45 minutes, and we'll have the thank yous. So I'll be here to help you fall asleep, and uh, I'll be folding all that stuff in. And uh, so if you're new here, those are like, uh, you think that's all you need to know. I'm glad you're here. Uh, this is a podcast to take your mind off. So I think I already said that. It, oh, it, like, uh, I was going to talk about folding, and then I realized, uh, what, what, what can I talk about? Fold? Like, because, I, I, you know, there's like, a, like when you talk about folding, like there's a lot of paper folding with universe metaphors. I remember in uh, that movie, its name I forget, with Matthew McConaughey, Interstellar, there was a folding of paper to describe the universe. I think also Matthew McConaughey was in another TV miniseries where there was, uh, you know, flat circles and paper and tin cans. I think most time travel movies, at some point, a character sits down with a piece of paper, too, and says, uh, you know, here's time, here's where we are. I don't know if Marty McFly and Doc Brown did that, though. Anyway, I was going to talk about folding, but I said, well, like, like, what about folding clothes? I got two things of laundry on my couch right now to be folded. And I'd say, and I don't think it's a surprise if you're a regular listener, I'm pretty mediocre at folding clothes. And it's always on my to-do list to reorganize my drawers. Because, uh, and I don't know why, like, I, like, I guess I do know why I fold my clothes. Because it'd be like, they go from like, if you fold them, in my case, they'll be wrinkly. They still need to be ironed, even t-shirts. It Just because when I touch things, I guess when you leave your laundry on the couch for a few days, it becomes wrinkled. But then when you fold it, like as long as you fold it in like two or three days and you don't take a nap on the clothes, they're not impossibly wrinkled. But if I was to just say, well, I'm not folding clothes anymore, and it just shoves them in a drawer, they would be impossibly wrinkled. Uh, You know, it's not for me. It's for my daughter. I say, well, you know, I want to be presentable for her. Uh, And I guess I like... uh, I've lived most of my life impossibly wrinkled. Impossibly wrinkled. There's another uh, book title. Put it on the list. Uh, Gingerbread Press uh, 2028. Impossibly wrinkled. That sounds a bit like a David Sedaris, uh, but probably mine would be like the, 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 you know, like a lower, they'd say, well, he's more of a lower Sedaris. Uh, He's more of a, you know, Daris or uh, just, he's just the is. Anyway, I thought I was going to talk. Oh, I was talking about folding clothes. Uh, but there is something kind of common. I mean, here's the thing like with folding clothes in bedtime, for me, it's like uh, 
the past two nights I've said, well, let me just get those clothes banged out uh, at bedtime. And then I'm like, well, I'm just so tired. I got to go to bed. Uh, and luckily, the, the first two nights, my my brain bots gave me a pass. They haven't done any laundry shaming. But I'm sure tonight now I've thought about saying, well, why didn't you fold those clothes? What's it like? Uh, and there's something about the anticipation both at bedtime and with these tasks that people like me, maybe you can relate, kind of avoid, almost for mysterious reasons. It's not really that painful to fold laundry, but anticipating, that's the weird thing. It's like anticipating folding laundry is a terribly painful. I say, look, it's going to be awful. I can't, that's why I can't fold laundry. It's so awful. And you can see how they could feed into my cycle of sleeplessness because uh, then you say, well, why can't, like, it's then another party brain that p- pretends to be sensible says, well, why can't you just fold the laundry? It's so easy. And they said, well, where the heck were you? Like, like now I'm in bed and I've got, you know, I've got my feet bombed. You know, I got my wubby here. I'm sucking my thumb, but, you know, but not sucking my thumb, but, uh, yeah, why, why, like it, well, just if you were more, if you were more rigorous about your, uh, you know, they said, then you'd have folded that laundry. I thought we were turning over a new leaf. And they say, you well, why, I, when I had a chance to turn over a new leaf, I was tired. And, uh, it just seems so, it seems like such a monumental task, the folding of laundry. And believe it or not, this is where, this is like, I guess this is a good parallel. Because sometimes they say, well, just put on Harmontown and start folding the laundry. And, uh, like, uh, listen to Harmontown. Or do, what about Doughboys or Script Notes? You put one, and I say, oh, okay, yeah, let's just do that. Let's start, uh, I'll tell my speaker to play one of those podcasts and, uh, and then I'll start folding the laundry. And, and, then, and then it goes by in a breeze. And then I go through the same rigmarole about putting the, I say, well, let's just keep it in this basket here. We did a great job. Let's wrap it up. And they say, well, we should put, shouldn't we put it away? No, but then when I look at my drawers, I'm reminded of that I haven't organized. My drawers are so unorganized. And all the clothes in there are unfolded. The ones that have been in there for longer than a few weeks, uh, and so, yeah, I can't deal with that, right? Maybe tomorrow. That's just too much. And, and then I go through the whole, the soul. So let's say, well, what's, what's Wagner talking about now? What are you saying? Spencer's coming. Out. They're calling, you know, then I can say, okay, you know, Dan's telling a story. So, so the, then I can uh, tune back into the podcast and I can actually get that done. Uh, this is, this podcast is similar to that because a lot of times, I, I mean, I guess the highest goal with this podcast to kind of try to wrap up in a reasonable amount of time is, uh, it, to make you like to, to, to interrupt that anticipation. I don't know why I don't do this every time. Maybe I will start. Maybe I'm turning over a new leaf live on the podcast. Uh, I'm gonna, cause I guess I do that with some other podcasts with dishes, uh, but see, okay, like I said, uh, Harmontown Doughboys. I usually use script notes for running when I'm when it's time to fold the laundry. And you know, the good thing is with the podcast, I'm able to say, okay, this is where you left off, 32 minutes. Uh, and you know, then I can listen to the 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 live play that you're doing. And uh, maybe I, maybe that'll make me anticipate the dread, the anticipate the dread of doing laundry, folding laundry, 
weird thing is I don't really do like doing laundry. Oh, here's big news. If if you listen to this podcast regularly, uh, my landlord replaced the washer and dryer in my building. So I can actually do laundry in my apartment building again. Uh, so that's where some of this, who would have thought, you know, first world, let's say, got laundry, laundry in the building, got laundry, new, new form of laundry angst. So I guess like that just feels good because then I don't have to go to the laundromat. Uh, so I haven't had trouble getting the laundry done. It's just getting it folded, but maybe I'll try that. And that's the whole idea with this podcast. What I strive for is that you don't dread bedtime. They say, oh, my boyfriend's going to be there. He's going to be talking about something that I don't really under, totally understand, but I find barely amusing and somewhat distracting. And like I, I enjoy, like I kind of barely enjoy his presence. It's like he's almost barely there. My boyfriend, my boar bay, my boar bud, my boar, whatever you feel comfortable with. You could just say the, the podcast guy or the sleep dude. How, whatever, whatever you want to call me is not important. I'm there for you. And it really like yearn and strive that at some point you say, wow, I'm not, I'm really looking forward to bedtime. I'm really feeling good about it. That would be the highest level of accomplishment for me. And that's why I work very hard on this show. And I've been there clearly. I mean, listen, you listen to me talk for the last 10 minutes, say, you know, uh, I got trouble falling asleep. I got too much on my mind. My grasp of reality is folded. I mean, about a billion times. I guess you're right, crumpled. More crumpled than folded, but I think crumpling's a form of folding, technically. It's not, according to another part of my brain. That also told me to get back to folding laundry. But anyway, I'm glad you're here. I really hope this podcast can help you. It doesn't work for everybody. I'm an acquired taste, clearly. But I want to help. Uh... I'd like to help. So give it a few tries. I hope this podcast can work for you. Uh, we'll see if it does. Uh, but I'll be here for you in the deep, dark night. Uh, thanks for coming by. I really hope I, I yearn and I strive to help you fall asleep, all right? Okay, here we are. We're talking about uh, yesterday's Enterprise. And it's a very unique episode. It even opens with a unique scene. Well, I guess I don't know if it's unique. It's Guinan and Worf uh, drinking some prune juice together. Well, there's like a reveal. Guinan, she's dressed in a almost a plum-like uh, colored uh, gown. And she gives Worf a drink. She says, try it. And he likes it. He's surprised he likes it. She's like, yeah, you see, it's an earth drink. Prune juice. And Worf uh, says, a warrior's drink. And Guinan goes, she has a, a cool look, but she says, you know, you always drink alone. It couldn't hurt you to, you know, sneak out some companionship, if you know what I'm saying. And Worf gets an awkward look. He goes, yeah, I prefer Klingon woman. Uh, Earth females are too fragile. And Guinan says, not all of them. I think there's a few you might find tame on this ship, I've heard. And Worf gives a very hearty laugh and says, impossible. But then Guinan speaks to kind of the fear. She goes, you know, you'll never know if you never try. And he says, then I will never know. And she calls him a coward, actually. And he says, Jesus, no, I'm worried about their safety, my crewmates. Uh, it's just a sweet scene. She said, go ahead and drink your prune juice, buddy. The definition of friendship. And, and then there's this weird thing out on the... Um, Outside the window is a weird cloud, and they say, Worf, get to the bridge. 
And Guinan looks out at the cloud, and she goes, no, no, you got to be kidding me. And then we see this cloud, and we're on the bridge. Vicar uh, says, yeah, give me some analysis data. He goes, fluctuating, gra- unusual readings. Uh, unusual in what way? Nothing I've seen before. And uh, Picard stands, uh, and he goes, well, data says, I think it's some sort of tr- uh, time displacement. Uh, or something, uh, figure, he says, come on, figure it out, Data, uh, and Wesley's working on coordinates, and he says, it's there, but it's not there, and Riker says, what do you mean, it's there, it's not there, and Data goes, I'm not, I don't have enough information, and the war, funnily, it reminds me of another movie, I think it was a Chevy Chase movie, where he goes, something's happening, and there's a new change in sensor readings, and Picard is uh, standing in the front of the camera. I think, oh, hold on, I lost my spot. Sorry about that. Uh, let's see, Picard stands. Something's happening. And then we see a, a ship kind of emerge from the wormhole. Let me see if I, let me watch this live, actually, to give you a, a favor. Because it's really like a effect I don't know if I've ever seen before. And it is almost as seamless, or it is seem it was seamless. I watched this episode a few times. Yeah, so about two minutes in Picard stands. Uh, he's looking out the wormhole, concerned. Everybody else is, uh, is scrambling to figure it out. And Data's talking, Wesley's talking. Riker goes to uh, his right hand, right side, right hand side. And uh, then that's when Worf says, gee, something's happening. Picard turns uh, to look at Worf, a uh, new change in sensor readings. Uh, Picard looks back, and then we see the wormhole, and a uh, ship's coming out of the wormhole, a ship that looks very familiar. And I guess it wasn't perfectly seamless uh, watching it without any audio or something, but then the um, screen kind of flashes, and then uh, Picard's uh, outfit changes. The bridge gets much darker. And we see Tashiar, Lieutenant Tashiar, over uh, Picard's shoulder. Then we see Guinan looking out. She's in a different outfit. She's in more of a navy blue outfit. And she's kind of in a mess hall instead of a bar. And uh, there's a lot of people. It's very busy. And Guinan says, geez, this isn't right. Something's off here. Something's changed. And then we see out of the mist, it's definitely like an Enterprise-esque ship. and we're back in the bridge. It's dark. Uh, they say, yeah, it's, it's clearing, sir. It's Tasha Yar. And she, they say, well, what ship is it? She goes, uh, it's uh, 1701C, 7201C, the USS Enterprise. And not only do we have the Tasha Yar, and they do a nice, like, they do a great job with the focus, too, because then they switch to Pagar's face, and he's in focus. Uh, and I, I mean, I literally, I don't know, the, I, I've probably seen this episode the first time I saw it, maybe like six months ago when I was prepping for the series. And I put W, let's see what else I have in my notes. Something's happening, Darker Bridge, Tashiar, WTF. Yeah, then Guinan in blue in a cafeteria, WTF. Uh, this isn't right. Ship out of cloud, bridge. Everyone's lit from below, too, on this bridge. In a 1701C, what WTF again, USS Enterprise. 
And I know some people love car love carbon scoring. So if you're if you're really rewatching this, at five forty eight, there's some quality carbon scoring on the USS Enterprise D, our Enterprise, and uh, like and it's a military log, not a captain's log. Combat date forty three sixty two five dot two. And while dealing with a radiation anomaly, Enterprise has entered what could almost be called a Casper ship from its past. Uh, Enterprise C, immediate pre- predecessor. And Picard says predecessor in a very, very cool way. Predecessor or something. Uh, Dark Bridge again. Also, everyone had phasers on, which I said, okay, this is a different situation. More than the parents being away on a week's vacation. And then uh, Wes, and, uh, so we're on the bridge, uh, data's confirming analysis uh, that it really is Enterprise C and not a trick. Um, and they said, Wesley says, yeah, that was destroyed all hands 20 years ago. And data said, presumed it destroyed. And Wesley's given data a lot of looks in this scene. Uh, out near Klingon Nadendra 3, 22 years, of three months and four days ago. And it's like Riker's like, yeah, but now they're here over here. Riker's like, has this been a drift or is it time traveling? And he says, possibly they went through a rift. Uh, you know, like the fish song says, uh, they found rift. Uh, open that your dream will, uh, I guess it's different, but it was glimmering like a glass. Yeah, but Kurt Picard says a rift. Uh, data explains a, a cur formation of a cur loop, uh, super string material. Needed high-energy interactions in the vicinity for structure to be formed, not stable, could collapse at any time. And Tasha says, I should scan the ship. It's it's in trouble, actually. Readings are spur- sporadic. Uh, some people on there could use uh, some uh, Band-Aids. Uh, Riker springs into action. Bridge the sick bay. Get everybody ready. Go to transporter room. Stand by. And Ricard says, no way, bro. Belay that order, Dr. Crusher. And Riker stands up. He goes, respectfully, Captain. Riker's very haughty in this. Uh, he goes, wherever they're from, they need our help. And Picard goes, if they're from the, if, if they're from the past, uh, we can't uh, alter the flow of history. But then the captain calls, Captain Garrett. She says, yo, we're in trouble, Romulans. And Riker says, there's no record of Romulans with the Enterprise C. And Natasha's like, they got cut off. Uh, Ricard calls uh, and then says, okay, send them over. Stabilize their power, help everyone, but don't talk about anything. And Wesley says, by the way, Klingons are coming. Uh, and he says, okay, battle or condition yellow. And Wesley says, aye, aye. Respectfully, lots of carbon. Let's see what else they got. Tasha. Uh, zoom, zoom on C. Then they do a zoom on C after Wesley says I. And then we see, after we see the exterior with all its carbon scoring, we go inside and it's in rough shape. Uh, Tasha, Crusher, and Riker are there. They, it seems like they have LED flashlights, so they even did some time travel. And uh, Captain Commander Garrett's in tough shape. Jordy scans the ship. He says the ship's in pretty bad shape, too. Uh, Tasha, like, da- dashed Francis over, like, uh, you have seen, and Tasha Yar has been a character that was, hasn't been in the series for a while, because she went to the big farm in the sky, be, be, via goop, 
And let's see. Then they pull out. The camera pulls out. They say, we meet Lieutenant Ke- oh, Tasha Dash prances over and they pull out uh, Lieutenant Castillo. He's the helmsman. He's an actor you'll recognize. Uh, I always get him mixed up with uh, uh, Joe Piscopo. This actor, Peterson, I think is his name. I'll look it up in a second and fill you in. Uh, let's see. They send the commander back to the ship. Uh, uh, serious. We get a see Riker goes in a report. We get a serious case of Riker. And, uh, let's see. Lieutenant Castillo. Oh, then we go to the bridge. Uh, let's see who plays Castillo. He's about to get revealed here. And because they, they dig him out, he, he'd get, he'd gotten a bunch of pillows. He, he had too many pillows in his bed. And definitely someone you'll recognize, Christopher McDonald. Did I say Christopher Peterson? I don't know. Christopher McDonald. He's been in, he was in Thelma and Louise, Quiz Show, Harry's Law, Requiem for a Dream, Happy Gilmore. Uh, looks like he's in a couple of movies coming out soon. Law and Order, you've probably seen him on. Again, I get it, I get him mixed up with uh, Joe Piscopo, but that's only because it's, you know, because it's me. Let's see. So we're let's see. We're, I lost my list. We're back in the bridge. Uh, Guinan comes to the bridge. She says, "I got to talk to you." You, you know, they're dealing with Riker's report, and they're giving him uh, like uh, nine hours to get everything fixed. Uh, otherwise, we'll get rid of the ship. And then uh, Guinan says, "I need to talk. This is all wrong. Not the way it's supposed to be." So they go to Picard's office. Uh, after a commercial break. Oh, yeah, we see two k- 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 ships in space, and Picard and Guinan. And they're standing in front of a st- strategy star map. Uh, we get a nice big part, Picard sigh on this uh, scene. Uh, also, Crusher order. Oh, no, that's it later. She orders a full electro report sponsored by Gatorade. But she, Picard says, what do you mean things have changed? And Guinan goes, uh, things don't feel right. And Picard goes, what things? Uh, she goes, your uniform, you, the bridge. Picard goes, what's the matter with the bridge? And he goes, it's not right. Uh, Picard goes, it's a bridge. It's fine. It's fine. And she goes, uh, I know it's a bridge, but I also know it's wrong. And Picard goes, what else? And she goes, there's no families or kids on this ship. And Picard goes, children. I, I loathe children. Also, we're at WAR. What's it good for? Not flying around with children. And she goes, yeah, we're not supposed to be at WAR because it isn't good for no, absolutely nothing. She goes, this, look around. Is this WA? She goes, is this like a, this supposed to be in like something like the Spanish Armada or is this a ship of peace? Look at all the ivy or whatever around the ship. She goes, we got to arboretum on this thing. And Ricardo goes, what are you suggesting? She goes, I'm not suggesting she goes, send that ship back from the past. It's messing things up. Uh, then we go to the Med Bay. And again, as I said, sponsored by Sport, sport Drinks, uh, full electrolyte report. I, I love that. And there's lots of good background chatter. Uh, intercom they call Dr. Solar. Dr. Solar, report to the sun. Dr. Solar. Uh, Noel G. Ward, they're supposed to uh, report to. And then Picard comes in because they got uh, Commander Garrett there. And they have a WTF moment. Let's see what how it plays out here. Picard goes, hey, what's up? She goes, how's my ship? He goes, terrible. 
And she says, where are you from? Uh, we didn't know any Federation ships were around. He goes, what's the last thing you remember? And she goes, we got a call to distress call. Klingang outpost, Nenendra 3. Uh, but she goes, did you, you must not have got it. And she goes, this sick bay is sweet. Uh, never seen one like it. Even at the, uh, like, like the all-inclusive resorts I go to. And Crusher says, don't move around. This isn't an all-inclusive resort. Uh, and Garrett says, what is this ship? Is this a, one of those new spy ships of peace or something? And he goes, this is the Enterprise, Captain. 1701D, 1701D. He goes, you're 22 years in the future. She goes, what? Uh, what about my crew? Do they know? He goes, no. She goes, I got to tell them. I owe them that. Uh, Picard goes, I can see they're informed. And she goes, is there some reason we wouldn't tell them? He goes, oh, you're in the future. Have you seen? Oh, wait, you haven't seen Back to the Future. Probably should watch that. And, uh, you know, some of the other great future movies. Uh, and she goes, uh, I got to get, we got, he goes, uh, he goes, when you return to your own time, you know, you can't go back with the future. She goes, back to our time. She goes, it was a, like, a, it was a WAR zone. And Picard goes, you any idea how this happened? She goes, big, big fireworks. And uh, then we were here. Picard goes, okay, it could have been a rift. Uh, she goes, yeah, the Romulans were messing with the Klingons, and we tried to help, but we were outnumbered. And Picard goes, that uh, outpost was probably gone, and maybe they could have avoided war with the Klingons, which is like a little exposition there. Yeah, that Picard, you know, that we're at war with the Klingons, uh, 22 years in the future. Then there's music in Forlorn Looks uh, with the 20 years of war. Then we're on the bridge of the other ship. Castillo's stunned about time travel. He really leans on the rails. Uh, he's thinking about that, but Tasha tries to, she's really good. She distracts, distracts him by problem solving. You know, she says, you, your mind can't handle that. Let's, let's focus on these problems here. And while she helps them, she gives more exposition. Because, uh, you know, that's a great way that the next generation really does it. She goes, uh, okay, let's look at the photon torpedoes. Uh, he goes, yeah, I'm lucky. She goes, well, not so lucky. This has been a rough war with the Klingons. Uh, Castillo goes, I thought we had a, about to sign a peace treaty. She goes, things are different. Uh, uh, then we shoot over to Data and Picard uh, talking about the rift, uh, uh, hoping that something will shift. Uh, and he goes, maybe you could send Enterprise C back into it. Data goes, probably. It would be right back in time, but i will be full of Romulan trouble. And Picard goes, Data, what do you think would happen? Data says, there'll be toast. Uh, and Picard goes, that's some gravity, okay. Well, lots of blue light when they were talking, Picard and Data. Uh, then we go to the ad on Picard's gra- gravity moment. And then we're, we're here listening to the uh, more PA action. We're in the hall with Tasha and Castillo. Castillo's still in rough shape. He hasn't changed his outfit, uh, I guess, because the ship's messed up. But I didn't, you know, thought that like he's out of place. I guess that kind of like uh, helps with the theme of people being out of place in this episode. Uh, but Castillo's like, okay, we're, we're, Garrett says to him, uh, how's the ship going? Oh, they're in, oh no, they're in the, she's touring them through the corridor. 
And then they're making small talk. He says, uh, this is a sweet ship. She goes, 42 decks, 6,000 troops it can transport. First galaxy class. And Kisti goes, anyway, how long have you been flying? She goes, four years out of the academy. I was lucky to get on Enterprise. He goes, yeah, me too. I mean, my Enterprise. Uh, then let's see. Inside Med Bay, uh, he checks on the captain who kind of, she says, she says, I want to resume my duties. Uh, Crusher's like, uh, you're not in great shape. Uh, and she goes, we got to, we got to put, you know, she goes, captains push themselves. She goes, you know, you're too protective. We got to get to work. Uh, 24 hours might as be, well be 24 years. Uh, then we're back with Guinan and, uh, there's this very, this, uh, she walks in this room with Picard in uh, a gleaming black table and uh, very reflective in everything. And they kind of have some discussion, which we'll talk about. Picard kind of st- hits the table a couple times, but uh, Guinan is infl- unflappable and confident. Uh, and as they discuss, Picard kind of wants more information. He gets hot-tempered, and he wants the gamites. Uh, I don't think that's what he said. Uh, he wants uh, something. Guarantee, maybe, uh, the timeline must not be allowed to continue. A second uh, with Picard face, uh, Guinan walks in on Tasha and Castillo. Weird looks, couple TKLs. Uh, that's my notes. But the discussion is basically, Picard says, I need more. Guinan goes, I don't have any proof. It's just my gut. Uh, and Picard goes, well, then I can't send them back. And Guinan goes, you have to. And Picard goes, well, they'll be toast if we send them back. Uh, they can't do self-sacrifice for other people. And she goes, I know this is a mistake. Every fiber of my being can't explain it to you. Can't explain it. I only know that I'm right. Uh, Bigger says, who says that this, this history is less proper than another? Who's to say that? Guyna says, I guess I am in this situation. Picard goes, no, no, no. He's really stern, especially with the self-sacrifice. And Guyna goes, this is a whole war, bro. Uh, you gotta, you gotta correct this thing. 40 billion in the war with the, um, the Klingons. And Picard goes, but there's no guarantees that you're sending them back will work. Uh, he goes, it's, every, every instinct tells me it's wrong, dangerous, futile. And Gan goes, listen, we've known each other a long time. You've never known me to be trivial or whimsical when I make, uh, stances or perceptions. Uh, this timeline can't continue. And now I've told you. You, you know, what you have to do. You only have your trust in me to help you decide. Uh, so then we go to the scene with uh, Castillo getting a tour with Tasha talking deflector shields and technology. And uh, Guinan's there. She goes, did you order anything, Tasha? And, uh, but she's kind of looking at Tasha. She goes, is there something wrong? And Guinan goes, not a thing, really. What can I give for you? And she says a couple of TKLs, which I said, what is a TKL? And then she goes, oh, by the way, this is Lieutenant Castillo. And Guyan goes to get the TKLs. Uh, and she said, never seen her act like that. He goes, what's the TKL? She goes, the standard rations uh, save energy with food replicators uh, so we can be defensive. She goes, anyway, where was I? And we see they kind of have this thing going between them because he said, I just learned more from you than four years in the academy. She goes, you're going to need it, uh, Lieutenant. He goes, we've been hanging a whole day and everyone, can I call you Tasha? 
And she goes, yeah. He goes, everybody calls me Castillo. My mom calls me Richard. She goes, okay, Castillo. Be funny. She said Dickie or Dickie or something. Richie. And Castillo goes, I think I'd like it better if you called me Richard. Because they have weird Oedipalian thing going. And she goes, okay, Richard. And then uh, they go, get to officers to the ready room. And Tosh goes, oh, I got to skip lunch. What does that say? Boeing 1701 sign. Maybe, oh, big 1701D sign behind uh, when they're in the meeting room. And uh, first time, oh, what's the TK? Oh, no, in the in the, the restaurant. Oh, also, Guinan stares after Tasha when she leaves a long shot. Then we have a close-up of Picard's hands clasped behind his back. His phaser, uh, phaser at his sign. I think that means at his side. Lots of objections as he floats this idea. Even Riker's PO'd. And something, perception beyond the time, linear time. Oh, that's what Data says. We'll go through that. Sir, if you'd like my opinion. And then Data schools things. So, yeah, they're all like, you, you know, Picard's basically, and, and anyway, we're sending them back for self-sacrifice. Uh, and Picard Crusher's like, what? On whose authority? Picard goes, mine. And on Guinan's intuition, Riker goes, that's not going to do anything. Uh, and this is what, you know, this is what the captain's duties. And, uh, even Tasha says, they're out, you know, outnumbered. Uh, you can't do that. And then Jordy says, well, let's rearm them. You know, let's give them modern stuff. And Ricard goes, no, no, no. That's the first protocol or whatever, the third protocol. Because we can't do that, uh, except when it's convenient for the episode plot. Uh, but, you know, this is, ch- you know, no way. Only when Wesley's involved. Uh, and Ricard, Riker goes, you're altering the past. And Ricard goes, restoring the past. Uh, by the way, when did you get so uh, mouthy? Maybe I like the past better. When you just grin and knowingly like a Cheshire cats. And Jordy goes, How does Guinan know uh, if she's been that she's been altered if she's altered? And Data goes, Perhaps her species has a perception that goes beyond linear time. Greg goes, Yeah, there's a lot of stuff about her species you can't explain, but it's possible she's correct. And if she's correct, uh I can't, uh, the, the consequences of ignoring it are too grave, uh, dismissed. And Riker goes, sir, if you'd like my opinion. He goes, nope. Uh, he goes, this is a briefing and I'm not building consensus. And Picard goes, uh, with all due respect, bro, uh, you're in, in Riker, like this is meaningless. And Data goes, not meaningless. Klingons regard honor above all. He goes, this could have been a, an act of honor towards the Klingons and, uh, Stop the war. So the timeline will cease to exist and a new future will be created. I've considered the alternatives. I'll go with Guinan. Dismissed everybody. And then we get a little post-briefing staff chatter. Uh, Jordy says, uh, geez, if she's right, we may not even be in an alternate timeline. And, and then Jordy goes, yeah, who knows if we're you know in the big farm or not in the big farm. And then uh, Tasha's on the lift. Uh, she she has a face. She hears that. They can do it close. Then she's on the lift with Data. She's really distracted and worried. And Data goes, what's up, boo? And she goes, I thought we'd never speak. He goes, what are you talking about? That's an alternative timeline. And uh, he goes, if I interpret your facial expressions correctly, you're preoccupied with something unpleasant, like a scooter's face all the time. 
She goes, I got a lot on my mind. I like this guy from Enterprise C. And I just, you know, he's my friend now or more. And Data goes, I wouldn't worry about it. If they succeed, we might not even realize these events occurred. And then we're back to see where Picard and Garrett are uh, talking. And she immediately accepts self-sacrifice because she's a heroine. And she goes, if this is going to, you know, she goes, if this is self-sacrifice, it better be for something. Picard goes, well, I can't make you do it. Uh, you could come with us. She goes, why don't you come with us? He goes, yeah, that, I can't do that. She goes, yeah, you're right. That's protocol ZQ or whatever, the fifth rule. And uh, Picard goes, you you don't belong. She goes, you don't belong in our time any more than we do belong in yours. And she goes, to be honest, uh, my crew is tough. Uh, we know self-sacrifice is the way to be. And uh, the Klingons need help. If they could only hear that and we could record it and broadcast it. Picard goes, well, it could be, he whispers to her, he goes, the war's going terrible. Nobody knows it, even my crew. He goes, we got six months and then we're done with Klingons win. So secretly I've been hoping you would agree. And she goes, because of our, and he goes, it could be. He goes, 22 years ago, this whole time. He goes, look at this ship. We're lit from below. It's dark. Like a, uh, and she goes, okay. And she goes, Castillo, tell the crew we're headed back. And he goes, yep. And she goes, we're going to get those Romulans good for the history books, whichever, you know, publishing empire writes them. And if you're because I'm headed back to the ship, you are, you coming with me? She goes, hold on, I'm going to stay here for a little while. And then they send Picard back. Uh, and Tasha goes, listen, dude, I wanted to say good luck to you. Uh, and he goes, I'm going to put some of these tactical stuff to use. And she goes, your ship's more maneuverable, so you should be fine. And Castillo goes, you know, when, in your time, maybe you'll think about dating a man 22 years older than you. It's not really that strange. Uh, uh, back out, you'd have to go back to Earth and find me, though. She goes, goodbye. And she did another dash again to say goodbye and give him more tips uh, before that. Uh, it's a little romantic, and then there's like a, you know, there's trouble, and then there's a gamma sequence. uh Evasive maneuvers, phasers, uh, Picard's on the other ship, uh, and then they're dealing with the Klingon Bird of Prey, both ships, uh, let's see, upside down, Castillo, oh, that's in the next scene, uh, uh, but they, they, uh, they, they send Garrett to the big farm, basically, the Klingons, uh, then the Klingon goes cloak, and, uh, Garrett's in, in the big farm. They go to commercial. Then we see the two ships. Then we see Castillo upside down and reflected in the black table. And he says, I'll lead the Enterprise back myself, Captain Picard. And Riker goes, he's the senior officer, but you're going to be, it's going to be tough. And Castillo goes, I got good people, man. And Picard goes, uh, I don't know if you, Riker goes, well, history didn't mean for your ship to go without a captain. And Castillo goes, oh, dude, I know what I'm doing just because I don't have a beard. Uh, and then Data says, uh, he goes, there's instability. This lift is, uh, this rift is uh, getting about to heal or something. And Tasha goes, there's going to be other Klingons on the way. And Castillo goes, I'm going back, period, self-sacrifice city. But we need a few hours to get our ship uh, underway. And Picard goes, well, make it so. We'll cover you. 
Let's see what else. Uh, talks to data, glass enterprise, TNG. I don't know what that means. Uh, talking to GLAAS enterprise tag, maybe. Uh, then Tasha escorts to Castillo to the transport room. There's an awkward moment, and then they uh, break all professional codes and they make out like a real serious kiss. So serious, my daughter said gross, and they, they put WTF big time, double exclamation point, with music, uh, and then out. Uh, and then we see the profile of Tasha, and then we see Guinan's back, uh, and she knows Tasha's there. She turns around, and she says, what's up, Tasha? And she goes, Guinan, what, what's with the looks? Uh, what happened in the other timeline? Guinan goes, I'm not like, I don't have alternative biographies. I just do that as a hobby. It's poetry, but that's not accurate. Uh, it's just a feeling. And Tasha goes, yeah, feeling. I got a feeling with the way you're looking at me. In your eyes, I can see it. We've known each other too long. And that's where Guinan says, uh, you really needed some gravitas. Uh, like, this is where it really benefits from some of these... Uh, the casting, because uh, it says, you know what, Guinan says, you know what, we were never meant to know each other. At least that's what I sense when I look at you, Tasha. You're not supposed to be here. And Tasha says, where am I supposed to be? And Guinan says, a big farm. And she goes, how? And she goes, I don't know, but it was empty, no purpose to it. Uh, slipped in some oil or something. Uh, also, Guinan was picking up while she was talking, you know, nervously cleaning tables. Uh, Tasha had a great awkward smile and a head shake. Uh, and then we see we're in Picard's office. He says, come. Tasha comes in. She says, I want to transfer to the other ship. Uh, and Picard goes, why? She goes, tactical. He goes, we need you here. She goes, I'm not supposed to be here. He goes, Guinan. She goes, yeah, I'm not supposed to be here. And Picard goes, why would she tell you that? Uh, and uh, she goes, I talked it out of her. And he goes, you know, this is a mission, self-sacrifice mission. And she goes, I know it can't fail. That's why they need me, bro. And he goes, uh, you don't belong on that ship, Lieutenant. And she goes, no, Captain Garrett does. Uh, and I think there's a certain logic in this request. Picard goes, there's no logic at all. It was whether they succeed or not, they're toast. And Tasha says, listen, Guinan says uh, it was senseless when I left in the other timeline. And I'm a Starfleet officer, so I want to, I want to have some meaning. So this is really interesting, too, when you think about, uh, I mean, been really thinking about lately how the success of the next generation uh, or the, the, like the belovedness of it comes to our connection with the characters. And even this character, uh, that comes back, it, it's like, oh, it gets, this gave her, gave her a chance to choose her own adventure in some sense, the end of her own adventure. And I think it's important for creators to note, uh, it, uh like, uh, uh, it is like his story is character and plot together. And, uh, I don't know, like an affinity for these, in a connection to these characters. I can't explain how, but uh, I don't know. I've just been thinking about it a lot because I watch so much TNG. And we'll see what the next one is. Um, so he says, all right, all right permission granted. And Tasha goes, thanks. Then we have Castillo um, in command. 
Clard Ops Fair Ferdinand and Lieutenant Tasha reporting for duty. Oh, Frederick's on Ops, uh, Parker's on Con or something. And she goes reporting for duty, just like a Terran, uh, like a Terran in, in StarCraft. She says reporting for duty, which if you play, you know, you know what I mean. If you're StarCraft players, uh, and he goes, this is, she goes, I'm transferred here. Cause he goes, you don't belong here. She goes, yeah, transfer. He goes, this isn't a joke. We're going into a rift. Uh, and she goes, he goes, no, no, I don't want you here. She goes, these are my orders. Uh, she goes, someone who, who can do a better job than me. He goes, all right, take your station, Lieutenant. And she goes, aye, sir. And then we see them, uh, hand like, uh, he, we see him kind of sitting with his hands, uh, what does it say? Uh, hands to his lips, uh, like at the, in the commander's chair. Uh, then we see an ad, post ad, there's an ad, then there's two ships, uh, then there's Riker and Picard, uh, working on an upper bring, upper bring, oh, working on the upper bridge, which is weird, right, Picard up there. Then there's that sound, I don't know if it's a bosun bosun signal or something, uh, that means trouble. Also, there's a military log, supplemental. Yars out on sea, and Klingons are on their way. Cavort class battle cruisers, Wesley says. Uh, not even cloaked. Uh, they're so confident. Uh, but we paced them on Archer 4, as Riker says. Regards says, all hands on deck. Uh, we could outrun them. But we got to run interference for Enterprise C. Let's hope for history. Neither histories. Uh, Forget the name Enterprise, Picard out. And then a sequence uh, takes place. Uh, they run a blocking maneuver, three versus one. The Klingon ships really in HD look amazing. And I just watched uh, like another movie with terrible effects from the ni- late 80s, early 90s. So, yeah, but uh, they're taking a lot of, they're blocking C, but they're taking a lot of antimatter. And then they have trouble containing their antimatter. Jordy does. I mean, you just heard it said about Jordy and antimatter, but he's trying to contain it down there. And Klingons are flanking them, trying to bypass stuff, do the shields, block. They're trying to, you know, keep in between the rift and Enterprise C. Trouble in this hall. Uh, They're going to have to dump the reactor core. Uh, Shields are in trouble. Uh, then uh, Jordy's got a bunch of coolant leaks down there and two, two, two minutes to a warp core breach. I think that might be a new ice cream. I'm not even kidding. I think there's an ice cream called the warp core breach, uh, from Ben and Jerry's. If not, there should be, uh, so get it like, if there isn't, if there is, let me know if it's good. And if there isn't, uh, let me know if it exists. Uh, if not, like, let's get on that, uh. Donate all funds to Reading Rainbow. Uh, then, like, they're, you know, they're trying to buy time, but they're in trouble. Power couplings, they can't reinforce the shields. And Riker even gets, like, a little, uh, like, he has to get, like, he sprains his ankle. And Picard does this sweet move uh, where he, uh, oh, first they say, hey, by the way, the, the Klingons call it, you're going to need to surrender. I think this is at 4315. Picard goes, that'll be the day. And then he leaps over up into the upper bridge uh, to Riker's station. Such a sweet action move. Uh, 
and he gets right to work while the sea escapes, uh, and readings are fluctuated, uh, oh, no, no, like, uh, as it glides in, like, uh, all of a sudden everything shifts back. Let's do this live here. We're watching it, uh, I'm watching, they're getting blocked, uh, Riker's still, everybody's, like, uh, dealing with a little earthquake action. And they take out one of the Klingons, uh, but the other ones go through, you know, data's working. I wonder how this game is, the bridge game. I heard it's good. Uh, and they're getting reports in. This is when Jordy's got all his smoke going and the coolant leaks. And here goes uh, Picard's going to do his jump here. This is where he says that'll be the day. Forty-three twelve. Uh, he jumps over the uh, to the upper bridge, over the railing. Uh, does some uh, button pressing, and there's even you know some uh, glowing stuff. There's two Klingons headed right in. Uh, Klingon ships as the uh, Enterprise C goes into the rift, and right like it's returning to the womb, and, and then everything's normal. The bridge is normal, lighting's normal, wharf's in his spot, phenomenon's closing in itself very well. The guard says, leave a probe and let's get out of here. Uh, we got to get to Archer 4. And, and then Guinan calls, is everything okay up there? The guard goes, hmm, that's weird, uh, Guinan. What are you doing calling the bridge? He goes, yeah, everything's fine. A-okay, something wrong down there? She goes, yeah, we're out of prune juice. Tell Worf we're out of prune juice. Now she's back in her, like, kind of a wine-colored maroon outfit from the open. And she says, sorry to bother you. Then she calls over someone with a drink, and then she's sitting with Jordy. And she goes, tell me everything you know about Lieutenant Tasha Yar. I thought it was interesting, like, the way they bookended the episode with, uh, like, she really is a counselor. In a different way than Troy, and she's kind of counseling Jordy, uh, or like now she's just exploring her curiosity about Latasha Yar. And the episode comes to a close. So, a really enjoyable one, and uh, nice wild open and close the same way. And really, how they change the effects, they change the look of the ship so drastically with just simple changes in the lighting and the uniforms, probably. I don't know what else they did, but. Uh, I don't know. I like this one. Uh, Good night.